Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Joe, we are live. What's up, everybody? August 22nd edition of the Holy Folks podcast. Yours truly, Joe Farrar, and of course, my co-host at Sean Rossap. Sean Rossap, what's going on, brother? We are live. (laughs) We are live, but I almost died. Uh, I'll I'll try and keep it to a minimum for those that are tuned (laughs) in right now live, Uh, but... I'm pretty sure Sean Rossap is now a different weight class than what he was about uh, 14 minutes ago. Uh, he's cutting weight as we speak uh, due to the problems that we've had technically, but we're here. Let's get this going, man. There's lots to talk about. Saturday night will be the biggest combat sports bout of all time. Uh, I firmly believe for those that will be watching, because uh, for some reason on your social media, I believe it on your Twitter, there's a fairly high percentage of people saying they're not going to watch the fight and i don't know why i mean just get that, over that's it just, that's just out of humans in general though like i wasn't polling boxing fans fight fans that's just people they will watch they will hear about it i i there isn't one person that i haven't spoken to uh over the past i'm gonna say week and a half two weeks and that's from here uh just north of toronto to toronto uh to the airport to my time in florida doing titan fc Everybody I spoke to, it didn't take much for me to, to just sort of pick and pry, pry, boom. They know exactly what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to Conor McGregor. Oh, that Irish guy, that brash guy. Oh, he's fighting Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, that UFC guy. Everyone I know thus far that I've come across, Sean, is talking about this fight. So people will be tuning in. I have friends that don't watch any combat sports at all that have already told me that I'll be at the bar. I'm not sure if I'll be watching, but I'll be at the bar when that fight is on and everyone's attention is focused on the big screen or the small screens. No matter where you are, you're going to be paying attention. I'm not saying the whole world will be watching this, Sean, but it'll be huge. Fightful's counting on the whole world watching. We have Carlos Toro doing a Spanish language update this week, which I'm super excited about because 
You know, we, we there are, there aren't any Spanish language speaking fighters in this, but boxing is still huge in Mexico and Puerto Rico, and I want them to be included as well. Carlos, it looks like will be joining us Saturday night. Very excited about that. But I know for a lot of you, it'll be the first time that you all have ever tuned into this podcast. Uh, we we primarily we're primarily known as a wrestling place, but we really embrace the crossover of combat sports, pro wrestling, boxing. I mean, Joe has been training. How long have you been training, Joe? For, with MMA? In general. 90, uh, MMA, I started in 96, 97. You've been a member of the media for uh, like how 2000. long? Since 2000. 2000. Yeah. I've been in it a little less, uh, a little, uh, just, since, <laughs> just since 2010. But, I mean, I've taught kickboxing. I've meddled as a submission wrestler so i mean this is this is like all of those things coming into one and this is where a lot of worlds are meeting and i'm very excited to break down this fight i'm very excited to break down the unknown of this fight but uh, i did i did a lot of study and preparing for this so uh hopefully you guys don't hate it no a lot of people are actually looking forward to your breakdown uh my analysis uh so yeah we'll, we'll get to that momentarily we'd have to figure out i mean as 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 a boxing site, as a wrestling site, as an MMA site, um, obviously me being favoring mixed martial arts, we're going to talk about McGregor's best chance or chances at winning this fight. And there are many. There are numerous, uh, despite the fact that Floyd Mayweather uh, is favored to win this fight. But Gray Maynard told me a long, long time ago here in Toronto one time uh, during an interview, uh, a media interview over at, uh, it was called Grant's Gym at the time. Uh, and he said, Joe, flat out, Paper doesn't fight paper. Whatever you see on paper makes no difference. And actually, Dana White said it in one of the all-access shows. I think it was the end of the third one or the end of the towards the end of the fourth all-access show. He said, no matter what, you can say whatever you want. You can break it down as many times as you like. We're not going to get the answer until they step into the ring. That's when we'll know the answer as to who will win this fight or what will happen in this fight because nothing will surprise me on Saturday night. We're going to get to that momentarily, ladies and gentlemen, because if time permits, we will talk about Bellator 182 uh, and the 3,000 fights that are on that card. Uh, There's so many fights. We're talking about 3,000 of them, that's for sure. (laughs) We'll talk about a few of them. It's not a bad card, actually, but we'll talk about that. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with Elias Theodoro. Uh, He'll give his thoughts on a variety of things, most specifically Mayweather, McGregor. I also had a chance to catch up with Shorty Torres. He's a two-division champ with Titan FC just waiting to get to the UFC. Uh, He's on a trajectory to get to the organization soon enough. Uh, Rumors of Chris Weidman going to 205 pounds. George St. Pierre now saying his second stint in the UFC. He will focus much more on finishes. Uh, I respectfully disagree. I'll get to that momentarily. Um, Cyborg does not want to fight or will not fight Amanda Nunes. We will touch on that hopefully a little bit later on. And Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz defend Conor McGregor, believe it or not, uh, and rightfully so. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, Sean, Saturday night, it will be history. We will be telling our kids, our grandkids, uh, and anyone once we reach an age old of of retirement age where we were on arguably the biggest night of our life when it comes to combat sports. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, a fight that was basically put together by the fans and the power of social media. Well, also it was cooked up by Floyd Mayweather because he saw this opportunity. He had retired and he admitted as much that he saw an opportunity to go 50-0 and and make perhaps his biggest payday ever when all is said and done. So, you know, a lot of credit is given to him. Even in, in Mayweather, or McGregor losing during that period, the fight still remained had huge. Legs. Yep. 
and Conor McGregor seems to be changing the game with the financials, at least. Like, I'm sure the UFC's kind of happy about this, but I don't know how happy they are with it because their cash cow is changing the game. Now, I'm going to break down this fight, but there's, there's not a lot to break down from Conor McGregor's side because we don't have any real boxing footage of him outside of a clip from Polly Malinagi that high, heavily edited. Some heavily edited stuff there. But I can I can break down what I think are McGregor's best chances to win. I don't think Conor McGregor's going to outbox Floyd Mayweather. He could knock him out. He could, he could do fairly well. I, it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where Conor McGregor outboxes Floyd Mayweather. In my opinion, McGregor really needs to feel out the fight the first few rounds... But not for too long, because that's where McGregor, or that's where Mayweather has run into a lot of his trouble. Now, saying that Mayweather's run into trouble, how much trouble? Well, in the early rounds, he's he's lost a few times. Not not lost a few fights, but lost a few rounds. In my opinion, McGregor's best opportunity is to get Mayweather against the ropes, almost exclusively. Mayweather rolls to his right, leaves his body exposed, and if McGregor gets Mayweather there, he cannot commit like an Ortiz did. He has to stay at range. Uh, when Ortiz got in close, that headbutt landed, and it really spelled the beginning of the end, which had a lot more to do with, with his ring awareness than it did his boxing ability. Uh, range is a specialty of Mayweather's that we don't know if he will really have at this point. It really depends on how Mayweather or McGregor fights, because if McGregor comes in tries to bull rush Mayweather, tries to get inside really quickly, tries to make it an aggressive fight, maybe Mayweather can use his reach to negate Conor McGregor's, which is a little weird to say because McGregor's going to have a reach advantage, but it doesn't much matter if McGregor doesn't fight in that manner. Because we've, we've seen it a lot with, with tons of MMA fighters. Stefan Struve, best reach in the heavyweight division, doesn't fight like it often gets knocked out. We saw Mayweather adjust a lot between the Maidana fights. He got caught up against the ropes, and then in a second he would start to circle out. The danger in circling out is that you can run into a punch. For McGregor, we know that that power comes from the left side, which is the side to Mayweather's right that he often circles out of. That makes me wonder if that will change for this fight, if Mayweather will maybe go to his left to McGregor's right to avoid that. Mayweather, though, was able to like lead Maidana on in, uh, as the fights went on by like faking a right and throwing a left hook, and he, then he created space. But sometimes Mayweather, even though he's up against the ropes, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing for him. Sometimes he goes there of his own volition to kind of bait his opponents. He'll, he'll jab and cross as he backs towards the ropes. Then he'll circle out before they can really do any damage, and he takes them off balance. He'll duck, pivot, escape to his right and put his opponents off balance while he keeps a wide base. Maidana, who I mentioned before, did kind of stop that before. He held a wide base. We don't know anything about Conor McGregor's base outside of what we saw in those poly videos. That was it. Um, This left Maidana open sometimes, uh, the, the wide stance, but he didn't really care because he was still landing, and he knew that that was his best opportunity. That was three years ago. And Mayweather never really threatened to knock out and knock down anything from that spot, which is very promising for Conor McGregor if he employs that. Um, Maidana would go to the body a lot, and he would attack Mayweather's guard until he dropped it and left his head open. 
I don't know if that's the type. I mean, have we ever seen Conor McGregor as the type of guy who will attack the body with his hands to open up the head? I mean, we, we've seen it with his feet, Joe. Well, he understands the importance of the body shots, right? Yes. There's a lot to consider with Floyd Mayweather and his movement off the ropes only because he, I, I can't see him consistently circling to his right or trying to escape to his right because that's not where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure Connor will have the ability, maybe not just the experience yet like Floyd has, but his corner will have to notice where the adjustments need to be made. Uh, and they're not necessarily adjustments where you abandon what you already went in with. You abandon what you went in with if it's not working at all. It may work. It may not work right off the bat. It may work in round four. It may work in round seven. But the one thing is, if Floyd does determine that it's always the best escape to come out to his left, the right hook is there. You can stop that. I mean, the oldest trick in the book is what Pat Militich used to always say when he used to kickbox in general. You want to prevent movement, and you learn this in boxing in the beginning. You know, once you learn how to jab, and you've gone through the you know throwing a thousand jabs, and then you can add a cross, and then you can add a hook, and then you can use footwork. You want to you want to land a punch? Throw the opposite punch. Set it up the opposite way. Disguise it. If a guy keeps circling out to your left, you have a right hook. If you're a southpaw, you keep throwing it. Keep throwing it to the body. You either will stop him or you'll prevent that, and he'll move the other way where you can land your left. And we all know Connor's power is in that left hand. He does have power. He is ambidextrous. Let's not kid ourselves. He is ambidextrous, and when he hits you, he hits hard. The question is, with the glove size, I know it's smaller, you know, He's going to have to do a lot of punching through Floyd's gloves. Bigger wraps, too. That, that's that's an important key a lot of people aren't thinking of. As you mentioned, Mayweather, he, he negates strengths so well. Like, he thinks that – he makes you think that your strongest weapon isn't going to work because he he makes it not work for several rounds. And then in the later rounds, when you abandon it, he starts working the kind of fight that he wants. And he turns it up a little bit. Um, and, you know, we, we know what kind of fight we traditionally see out of him. He shoulder rolls, waits for the counter right. He's not always a slow starter, but if, if he had any weaknesses, they're there. Uh, for McGregor, like I said, I think he needs to feel it out, but don't feel it out for too long. Because early is when you're going to get to a Floyd Mayweather if you are. Uh, bully, apply weight in the clinch. Uh, Guerrero found a little bit of success there, but it really all depends on the ref. Saturday and how long they'll let things go like with Guerrero they were really letting stuff fly and Guerrero was landing shots to the body shots to the head from there Mayweather uses on an underhook to attack uh to stop the attack against the ropes pretty often but see the thing is I get the feeling Conor McGregor's not going to struggle with an underhook underhooks (laughs) are a part of his everyday game so if anywhere he might have an advantage it's there maybe different because of the glove size I mean, Maidana had some measurable degree of success against Mayweather, but he had to double Mayweather's output and still lost the fight, Joe. Still lost the fight. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Go ahead. ahead. I'm just thinking when it comes to punches in in, in bunches, it's a different story when it's Floyd Mayweather throwing them because he's a master at it. Uh, Again, we're coming in, or at least I'm coming in. I'm not saying you because you might be a a tad more level-headed than yours truly heading into this fight. My heart is more into this fight than my head sometimes because I'm looking at it as – as, as a potential change in the world of mixed martial arts, if Connor can pull off this victory and, and, and decisively, I'd like to see Connor win this fight in a manner where it's it's undisputed. You cannot, you know, it's it's unanimous. It is 
a victory for Conor McGregor. I also will look at this and say to myself, if Floyd Mayweather absolutely embarrasses Conor McGregor, I'm going to shrug my shoulders. What did you expect, Joe? What did you expect was going to happen? Yeah. Conor McGregor technically has no 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 reality in this reality to be in the same ring as the greatest boxer of his generation. But I know what it's like to be an underdog. I've seen so many underdogs pull off crazy victories. I've seen the craziest things happen uh, in combat sports, in boxing, uh, and in mixed martial arts. So to me, it's like it, it, it's the unexpected that I'm expecting. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, everything is outside of Mayweather outpointing McGregor is considered unexpected. A couple other things, up like I said, up against the ropes. That's pretty much the blueprint. It's weird to say that there's a blueprint for Floyd Mayweather because there really isn't. There's a blueprint. Actually, well, Sean, Sean, one second. What you mentioned before uh, in terms of Floyd's patience, he, they, they showed that on All Access. When they showed uh, – oh, what's the young kid's name who's co-main eventing? He's the youngest champion ever. What's his name? Um – Oh, I forgot his name. Anyways, Floyd was cornering him while he was sparring, and he was uh, throwing Davis, out these. Gervonta Davis. Yes, he was throwing out tidbits of information, and one of them caught me right away. And it's not nothing new, but it's the importance of him teaching the the next generation. I beat everybody with patience, so he beats everybody with patience. He's done it before, but he's also said, "I cannot go the distance with Conor McGregor. That would be embarrassing." Yeah, uh, from a technical standpoint. He says that he's going to come out aggressive. So we don't know what that means. When he doesn't, he keeps his left hand at about belt level, keeps his chin tucked, shoulder way up there, head stays out of range. When somebody tries to throw body punches, they go into his elbow and forearm, which Conor McGregor will probably try to bust that guard of Floyd Mayweather. If I mean, if he's smart, he will. Well, I don't know. I don't know what he's got to bring. But I mean, like, to bring up that that point of how he makes people's strengths feel like weaknesses, I mean, Oscar De La Hoya is one of the greatest combo punchers I ever saw, and he couldn't get a lot going against Mayweather, even in the corner, which is where I'm saying that a guy like McGregor may have his best opportunity. That is just... That's that's saying something. That's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, there was... As I watched back the fight like the fights that Mayweather's had, I noticed that Judah throws a counter about how I expect Conor McGregor to. Instead of the lead foot being outside of Mayweather's, it kind of goes inside, which resulted in uh, Mayweather getting staggered a little bit. But then Mayweather like adjusted, started shifting into his punches to cut off the, the counter. Um, I saw... When, I, when, Judah, when Judah was doing that, when he was stepping inside, he would have to turn in. He'd have to open up a little yeah. bit to throw the left. Right, and that I, I love it. I think that's fantastic for Connor because Connor, if he can master that or execute that, it could be fight changing. The thing is, though, Floyd Mayweather's seen it how many times? Well, hey, Connor's seen Connor's seen that too, and a lot of people don't realize it, but Connor has seen it. But he saw it in the form of Chad Mendez, who yes. is nowhere near the boxer of Floyd Mayweather, and I'm not going to try to pretend that. But if you ever like watch that Chad Mendez fight again, Chad Mendez was stepping in to avoid the counter of Conor McGregor, and he caught Conor McGregor several times with that. And that's when Conor McGregor had to worry about kicks, had to worry about takedowns, too. So it is something that he's seen before, and eventually McGregor had success, but man, Mendez cracked him a few times, too. Yeah, and again, it goes to... 
if May, if Mendes can crack him again, I, they're different sports. They're different sports. They're different attributes. There's different. Uh, there's a different defensive mindset for Conor McGregor in the octagon that's going to happen uh, on Saturday night in the boxing ring where he doesn't have to worry about getting taken down and leg kicks. I, but he's I, has he ever really seen the speed of Floyd Mayweather? I don't care how old Floyd Mayweather is. He's fast. He's super fast, and he's an incredible. I mean, I will not be surprised if it within the first round and a half, two rounds, Floyd's mo is to embarrass Connor, oh, yeah. to get into his head, to say, "Son, you can't hit me. What are you doing? You're going to be embarrassed," and then eventually switch gears. Because uh, I think I could see him not even throwing a punch. Maybe I could see him losing a round or two in the beginning just to show that, you know what, I'm not going to throw anything, but you ain't going to hit me. You can't hit me. You're too slow. By the way, guys, Carlos is planning a Fightful Boxing podcast this week as well, so make sure to tune into that. We're going to have live coverage and discussion of Mayweather McGregor as it happens live, plus a live post-show podcast. You'll have it from all aspects, the entertainment aspect, the boxing aspect, the MMA aspect. We got all that for you Saturday night, so make sure to come there and check that out. Also, check out our forums while you're there. We do a lot of contests over there. Anything you want in a boxing, wrestling, MMA website, Fightful.com gives you, so please uh, check us out there. But tomorrow there is a press conference that allegedly starts at 4 p.m. Eastern. Kyler said, are you and Jimmy going to push back the podcast time tomorrow? It starts around the same time. And to that I said, hell no, because there ain't a chance that starts at 4 p.m. Eastern. Not a chance. So me and Jimmy aren't going to accommodate McGregor and Mayweather. (laughs) No, that ain't starting on time. Oh, it's hilarious. So who, right. if you made a prediction, Joe, who would you predict and how? Um, my head says Floyd Mayweather, stoppage, 10th round, 9th, 10th round. My heart says Conor McGregor, Mystic Mac, inside four rounds <laughs> that he eventually surprises and catches. Um, at the moment, um, Sean, you're a very intelligent guy. You've got a very uh, smart wife, and we talked about this kind of stuff uh, at the Rogers Center. A lot of life in general, whether it's predictions or not, uh, don't happen here. They don't happen here. They happen in your gut. And my, I've got no gut feeling at the moment. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm just enjoying this ride. I will have more of a gut feeling as we get closer to Saturday night. Uh, but if there's going to be a barometer or a litmus test or a temperature check or something with my gut. My gut is telling me uh, Floyd Mayweather Mayweather will win this fight, but nothing. And I mean, few things on Saturday night will make me happier other than the incredible meal I'll be having on Saturday night than Conor McGregor. Because Conor McGregor pulling off the most amazing victory uh, in the history of combat sports because it is so much bigger than Conor McGregor defeating Floyd Mayweather. This is It would be so big. So big for mixed martial arts. It, it's it's we can discuss it in the post show podcast, but I, there's nothing that would make me happier than Conor McGregor defeating Floyd Mayweather. Well, I'm going to go Mayweather via decision. If I'm predicting with my heart, I'm saying that Junior Albini flies in on one of those fan parachutes and knocks them both out and takes <laughs> all their purses because I love that guy. He's got a fight against Arlovsky, by the way. It's a good fight. Is he really? It's a good fight. Hell of a fight to book, I think. I, mean, I like it. If 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 you're gonna just have Arlovsky fight out his contract, have him fight that guy. Why not? Yeah. Hey, Roy story. Soria on the live chat, 
pushing the pushing the boundaries of this show. Get your prediction up there, son. Everyone up there on the live chat, don't forget top right of your screen. Let's see your predictions, boys, girls. What do you got? Floyd, Connor, when, how? I'm waiting for the first person to put Conor McGregor or Floyd Mayweather by disqualification because Conor McGregor did something stupid, which he won't, but so I don't think he will. Every day this week, there's going to be some sort of interesting coverage because tomorrow is the press conference. Thursday, UFC is doing UFC 215, 216 media days. Yeah, I saw those that. Those days, which I very smart of them to do. We'll capitalize off of it. Why not? Friday is the weigh-ins. You know that's going to be nuts. And then, of course, Saturday is the fight itself. It's going to be a gong show. I can't I hope, wait. I hope I can find time to grocery shop. Yeah, it's going to be a busy next few days. That's yeah. for sure. I'm actually going grocery shopping after this, to be uh, honest with you, as soon as we're done. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy one. I've got other stuff to take care of as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things. I, I'm not comparing this to, to you know natural catastrophes or natural disasters that happen. But yeah, do you ever get sometimes when something big is happening in the world and you're looking around and it's like, is no one else – am I the only one that's that's experiencing this right now? No one else has seen this? I, I want to be careful what I say. I'm not going to say certain things or events. But I remember when big events have happened and I'm, I've got the news station on and I'm cruising down the street whether I was going to work or going somewhere. And I'm like, are you people not listening to the news? You know what's happening right now? Come Saturday, Sean. When this is going, when this is going down, and uh, you know, again, people know I'm at a wedding. I got a wedding to go to. It's a family friend, friend that's getting married. I've got to attend this. It's mandatory. But I'll, I know the ones that will see me there are going to be like, okay, dude, I understand his family. What are you doing here? I'm going home at 10 Eastern to make it in time for 11 Eastern to catch up and watch the watch the event. But to me, Sean, this is so big. I will be looking around me, going. Am I the only one that's going to be like is getting nervous right now? Because we're getting closer to these two stepping into the ring, man. This is going to be sick. Yeah, I mean, if you're saying from a business standpoint, like, oh, Sean, who would you want to win? Obviously, I would want the guy who's going to fight again in the future to win the fight to generate more traffic. And obviously, uh, the wildest thing happening is what would do best for us. But it's it's going to be great. It's, well, I don't know if it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun night, and we'll be here to cover it. I'll throw on, I'll throw on a sports jacket for you all since, since it's a special night. How about that? People tell Are me I need to... Are you kidding me? i got to get dressed up? Yeah, you do. WrestleMania attire. Which is? Well, you got to wear a sports jacket. Man, I'll be... Carlos, hope you have one, buddy. Yeah. How are we going to do that with three guys on the screen? Is that possible? Oh, uh, we'll just... We'll, it's okay. It's... Easy to do that on Hangouts. Yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. all right. Hangouts oh. just switches in between, but yeah, and, and the undercard of this this show is pretty good too. And Carlos will get into that, but Javante Davis against Fonseca, Cleverly and Jack. Those are both really good fights. Uh, Cunningham uh, against Tabidi. Eh. Sean Porter's on the Fox prelims. I like that. So uh, that that is one to watch. There's there's a lot good. That night, there are, there are some good boxing fights on there, and smart of them to do that because boxing has taken a few hits lately with all these retirements from Klitschko to Joshua to even Mosley finally hanging up to Mark. Joshua, Harris, what did I miss? Or not Joshua? Sorry, um, you scared uh, me. Klitschko and Fury. Sorry, not Joshua. Yes. I had Joshua on the ha- on the mind because he said that he would take an MMA fight. He said I'd probably lose, but I'll take an MMA fight. 
I like that he is at least down to earth about it. He was like, I can't do submissions. That's too hard. But very excited for that. People are asking me. Like, <laughs> like Kent- Roy Soria's comment there. <laughs> and I had one on Twitter, too. People are like, people are like, how, how is the town where the Clooney's are from not mm-hmm. able to have groceries delivered? It's a very small town. Like, people are surprised because like, <laughs> the Clooney's are from here. There's NBA players, Major League Baseball All-Stars. Chris Lofton, greatest three-point shooter of all time from here. Amtrak, who's a big uh, dubstep producer, is from here. Um, what else we got? We got a f- Miss America was from here, but it's still a moderately sized town. Like We're right between Lexington and Cincinnati on the map. So. Not, story, between, get- not between. We form a TP with them, basically. Uh, <laughs> Roy wants me to get lit on Saturday and do the podcast. It was 7.8% lit here yesterday during the eclipse. Oh, there you go. There you go. Some of the some of the memes or some of the stuff that I saw online with the eclipse was hilarious. I got to give people credit. It was actually good. Uh, Roy and everyone on the live chat, including my co-host Sean Rossap and probably Jimmy Van who's listening is going to be texting me be like, you're an idiot, which is whatever, normal. Uh, yes, it, I, I will have a few. But it all depends on the timing because I'm pretty sure I've got to drive home. So I may not drink at all. Uh, but I bet you Jimmy Van would like to see me lit doing this podcast, Sean. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're just going to have some – we're going to have a good time on Saturday. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, I mean what, what have you heard? I mean I've told you before, Sean. My, my general litmus test when a fight is big is not based on you and I talking, not – you know peeps in the live chat or what we're engaging on social media it's the people outside it's the people at the restaurants the gas stations the 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 kids soccer games everywhere joe it's everywhere that's where i get my litmus test in terms of what is big what is actually happening you know for those that don't know anyone that watches this podcast that knows me on a personal level if you've ever been around me you know what it's like when i'm just walking in the mall or we're hanging out blah 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 People aren't, but all of a sudden you can hear that voice a little bit louder in a conversation to our left or to our right, where all of a sudden they're talking about UFC or combat sports. I'm getting that a lot. I've been getting it a lot over the past week or two because they've recognized me, they know who I am, and they're trying to talk about the sport or the actual fight itself, trying to engage me in a conversation. Nine times out of ten, I'll engage in the conversation uh, if it looks like I want to be invited into it. But other than that, Sean, they're just chatter. And there's a lot of chatter at people outside of, of our MMA boxing fightful bubble. I mean, the people that run the bakery up the road from me, the dude who clipped my mimosa tree last month, uh, people at the gas station up the road, I hear it from everybody. So there is absolutely mainstream buzz for this, a ton of it. Maybe the, the biggest, biggest uh, buzz I've ever seen, without a doubt. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. It's 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 again. It's going to be historical, and and you know there, there's there's lots to dissect still. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of twists and just craziness happening leading up to the fight. I, I mean, I'd like to know more about what what some of the fans have to. I mean, hit me up on social media, guys, and Sean as well, or on the live chat. Uh, you know, what's your biggest thing about this fight? What's your angle in this fight? What are you most expecting? What are you? What is going to surprise you? What's not going to surprise you? What are you expecting? You know, there, there's just so much. It's going to be. Oh, I can't wait for it. I mean, it's one of those things. The, the, the last time, I mean, there's been a lot of fights that I've seen live, Sean. The, the one fight I remember watching was Dominic Cruz and and Uriah Faber. Uh, I think it was that fight there where I think the whole first round, 
I may not have even breathed once. <laughs> That's how excited I was for these two to finally get in there uh, for a rematch. And this fight comes Saturday night. The whole first round, I might be like uh, uh, frozen, completely frozen. I, I, mean, I can't wait for it to go down. Let's go. Also, you spoke to one Elias Theodoru about this fight. But really, the, the highlight of this show is this new intro. Check it out, guys. You give your all to all you do. Don't settle for less from your shampoo. Wash and go punch plus. In terms of the training camp, I guess if it's already underway, uh, are you taking things from the last fight? Because the last time you and I discussed it, uh, there were a couple lessons that, that had to be learned from that last fight. Uh, is that something you're working on now in this training camp? Or because it's a different opponent... You just go in there with a different mindset? A little column A, column B, right? Obviously, you want to learn from your experience, whether you win or lose. And I think the last fight, it showed a little bit of sense of urgency. And I think, for me, personally, I just need to finish the next person in front of me. So that's that's basically what I it comes down to. I need to finish the person in front of me. So that's a weird... Okay, so when 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 you tell me that... I think to myself, you're a methodical fighter in the first round because there's a feel-out process. But it's not like you're not going for the finish every single time. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely it's definitely not that I'm not going for the finish. I just, I think there is, same under the idea of urgency, um, I, I, I just think uh, whether it's me kind of trying to stop a submission like what happened with Brad or, well, a lack of submission. It wasn't even that great. But anyways, point being, um, again, uh, and one thing I can kind of let, let out of the bag, it might be against the softball, and it allows me to force the right every, with every shot. So that's what I'm that's what I'm planning on doing. And this will be like my, I think, of my eighth UFC fight, this will be my sixth southball. So six out of eight were southballs. I love it. You like it? That would that would drive yeah. me absolutely nuts. But at this point, uh, especially on the professional level, yeah, I guess you're used to it. But and you got no choice. <laughs> yeah, you got no choice. Uh, I think I know who you may be competing against, but I'm not going to get. Listen, let's let's just let's move off of that. I don't want to get uh, either you or me in any trouble. Um, speaking of finishing fighters, Conor McGregor is competing against Floyd Mayweather this Saturday night. Obviously, this week will be the the whole lead up uh, to the show. Here, he says he's going to finish. Floyd Mayweather, <clears throat> excuse me, inside four rounds. It's a bold statement, but I do have a couple hundred bucks on each single round that he could potentially drop him. Uh, not a knockdown, not a knockout. Um, I think Floyd early has more than a puncher's chance in the first four rounds, maybe five. And then from there, it could get a little embarrassing uh, uh, on Floyd's side, right? Like he just, that skill, the wealth of experience that he has uh, will just take over in the long term. Um, he is 40, so obviously he's going to be the smaller, uh, older man, but at the same time, uh, he's not, um, at the same time, McGregor's not fighting Tyson and he'll still walk away with nearly a hundred million dollars. That's a win in anyone's eye. Absolutely. Financially, it's absolutely <laughs> crazy and fantastic. Floyd did say though, that he can't go the distance to go the distance with Conor McGregor would basically be embarrassing. It would, it would in some regard, but it wouldn't. Because, again, two years off, he's the smaller, older man. You can kind of see it. And, honestly, in order for in order for Floyd to put this fight together and 
the first place is embarrassing to boxing, right? Um, and it's a win, like we said, to May- McGregor uh, if he basically goes the distance because, you know, that's what everyone expected. Um, I don't know. I think for him to kind of put this fight in the first place, he doesn't really give a shit about boxing to begin with. In terms of embarrassing, is it embarrassing this whole scenario with Paulie Malinagi and Conor McGregor? Should Paulie be embarrassed? Should Conor be embarrassed for for having that video go out there? Should Paulie be like, "Look, dude, we, we, you, you knew what you were getting into," or is Paulie right? Where do you stand on this? Well, I guess they. It's kind of like all's fair in love and war. Um, obviously, they brought him in not to be best friends. They brought him in for you know a quick the purpose. Uh, obviously there was a ref in there. I don't know about you, but I don't really train with a ref. Um, so it was just basically, you know, we're going to throw in a, uh, you know, a seasoned guy, a two-time champion, and uh, you're just going to take it to him. And it, it served as uh, a learning purpose for sure. And he whooped his ass from what we saw. From what we saw. Yeah, I would love to see the full, you know, eight to ten rounds that they speak of. But it is what it is. Um, you know, it's... People are saying that could be a situation where Connor could fight Paulie next in boxing. I'm not sure I buy that. Not? not sure. They're already, no. they're already, they're already kind of uh, Paulie's already hinted it that he would love to fight him. Yeah, and well, that's probably another big payday for Connor. We're not exactly. Stupid Why not? Um, my my thing regarding Saturday night. Okay, um, I've, I, I've run so many different scenarios in my head as to what to what potentially could happen. And to be honest with you, nothing will surprise me. Nothing will surprise me one bit. If Connor wins, that won't surprise me. If Floyd Mayweather knocks him out, it won't surprise me. If it goes the distance and Floyd wins, that won't surprise me. If Connor throws a spinning kick, yes, I might I be surprised. That. I, that would surprise me because be there's happy. a <laughs> that would surprise me only because there's a clause in that contract that Floyd can sue. If he throws elbows, he could sue. It's got to be boxing. Well, in, in your mind, what goes through your mind when you know we're we're, we're only what five six days away? This is about to happen. This is this is real. This is going to happen. This is real what life. Do you, yeah. What do you envision on Saturday night? Um, expect the unexpected, right? Like, obviously, uh, at this point, everyone in mixed martial arts doesn't really doubt Conor McGregor, I think. Um, sure, you have a couple of Khabib fans. They'll be like, he needs to fight Khabib. But eventually he will, I per se. Um, point being... Uh, I expect the unexpected, and I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. That's basically it. Anything can happen. Um, I think uh, in the first four rounds, McGregor has more than a puncher's chance, and because it's a smaller gloves, um, it could really uh, surprise Floyd. That's why, like I said, I put on I put on money on McGregor uh, in the first four rounds to a potential knockdown, just enough that I basically make a lot more money than I put down. I'll just go on and speculate that I think that Elias is fighting Dan Kelly on November 19th in Australia. I'll just that's what, go that's what I think is happening. Uh, I broke. I prodded. <laughs> Look how uncomfortable you are. <laughs> that's what I mean. He said a southpaw. It's going to be somebody that I think he can finish, and I think he can finish Dan Kelly. Not that I don't think he could finish a lot of guys. I think that he could. It's just a matter of him fighting uh, in a manner that reflects that. Because as you mentioned, he is a methodical fighter. 
But yeah, I, I just I think that he's probably fighting Dan Kelly on November nineteenth in Sydney. I hope that's the fight that he's speaking of. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm sure. Or you that did. he's hinting of. Yeah. Um, as we you sent me a message, Demi Lovato singing the national anthem. Yes, and I, a lot of women a, are sending you that. Yeah, it's whoa, whoa, watch how we word that. <laughs> what? It's the it's watch how we word that. It's the third. Friend of mine, uh, female-wise, that's like, yo, check this out. Can you? This is the fight on Saturday night. Demi Lovato singing. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, this thing is just getting out there like crazy outside of us combat sports um, enthusiasts. That the fact that you know friends or my friends' wives or, or whatever employees and stuff like that are like literally texting me to like, look, it's like they're now coming in to our circle. Check it out. Oh, Saturday night, Demi Lovato's singing this. Like anything and everything to get people's awareness to this is, is is making me happy. So the fact that Showtime did get Demi Lovato, sick. Why not? I mean, I could name one of her songs. Probably should know them, but I could the name fact- two of her boyfriends though, because they're both oh, yeah. MMA well, fighters. Yes, yeah, a different story. Yeah. So but, we cool. we've got like like you mentioned, the bubble has expanded for combat sports. After this fight, do you think that continues, or do you think that bubble's gonna? Must for combat sports. Yeah, uh, I I don't think this will this will do much for boxing per se in the long term. Perhaps short term uh, for MMA and the UFC. If Conor McGregor does emerge victorious, it, I think it'll be insane. I think it'll be absolutely huge, but it won't have much of a long-lasting effect if both Showtime and or the UFC uh, in general don't capitalize on capitalize on it and continue to build on it and not just simply feed off it. Does that make sense? Like they have to understand that, you know what, it's just because, hypothetically speaking, Conor McGregor destroys or, or defeats Floyd Mayweather anytime Conor McGregor is going to fight. Yeah, it's going to be big numbers, but you have other people on your roster that you, you need to vote and you need to build. If Floyd Mayweather destroys uh, Conor McGregor, he's leaving the sport. 50 and 0. Yeah. He will leave the sport. You're not going to get Mayweather to come back unless there's another Conor McGregor out there or if there's a rematch. Right. So there's a bunch of different things we need to look at here. But in terms of what this will mean for either sport, it's going to be big more for the UFC and mixed martial arts if Conor McGregor does emerge victorious. Not so much for boxing because boxing will will look at this and say, um, yeah, we told you we're better than all you mixed martial arts guys. Y'all can't punch. You guys can't throw fists. Like we already know that it's a different sport, guys. But they will use this to say, we've always been better. And it might actually be a hit for the UFC. Because with so many eyeballs on this, it's it's a risk, Sean. With so many eyeballs on this, and when they see a boxer take out a mixed martial artist, the only two-time or two-division champ ever in history, the biggest star, blah, blah, blah. If he gets embarrassed, it may tarnish the UFC's rep in some people's eyes. It could, but I think that at this stage, everybody – I think – Almost everybody knows the score unless they are irrational. I and think I would say there's a lot of people that are irrational, Sean. There are a lot of people that are irrational, but like compared to five, ten years ago, far less. Far less. The James Tony fight helped show that too. Which, you know, it was what it was, but I think a lot of people are seeing now, like if and, and videos over the past ten, fifteen years of people getting 
taken down and choked out, like, when they try to start shit on the streets even, like, I, I think they're, it's a much more rationalized, or rationalized situation now. I'd almost beg to differ sometimes because <laughs> some of the stuff that I read, see, hear, and, and discuss, it's like it, it's 2017, man. How can you still think like that? I mean, I have, you know, I guess I should say former close friends of mine that are still so pro Dimmock, Kempo, Ninjitsu, Karate, Taekwondo because it is the best form of self defense. And I'm like, man. You've been my best friend for how long? 1993 is when it all started. The evolution of mixed martial arts started with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, defeating strikers, strikers learning how to defend, take down, to get back to the jiu-jitsu guys, wrestling, ground and pound, blah, 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 blah. We have, a, we have molded ourselves the perfect fighting art, which is mixed martial arts, but there are still people, Sean, adamant. I mean, you can go to any one of these martial arts schools in my area, in the greater Toronto area, and the population base, the, 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 the membership base is absolutely massive. It is huge in comparison to any mixed martial arts gym or jujitsu gym. So I don't know per se how much of a dent it has caused. It has taken a bit of that mainstream persona out of there. But people still follow karate, man. They love karate. They love they love the single arts. And in in reality, many, not as many though. Like people know, people know. Like um, uh, by and large, like I've noticed it in my area. We used to have a yep. lot of people who were into karate. I mean, I started out in taekwondo, and hey, if you're going with any of them, I would say TKD at least for the speed of the kicks and stuff, maybe. But. Whew, that that stuff got exposed hard. Now there was a resurgence with Leota Machida and stuff, but come on now, if he didn't have all, everything else that he had, then he wouldn't he wouldn't have have succeeded. Maybe if he would have used that sumo style wrestling, though. Yes, God, I'd love to record some of the conversations I'm forced to have with people along the way, even up to this day. Like I've I've had friends talk to strangers and say, "Do you realize who you're talking to?" You're telling him that if some mixed martial artist was to take you down, you'd be able to sidestep him and use your middle knuckle and hit him in the in the one vertebrate and you'd knock him unconscious? The hell are you talking to, son? I got to deal with that shit all the time. And I'm just kind of like, all right. So it's 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 so weird, Sean. And in reality, you and I both know and everyone on this chat knows and everyone listening in knows the reality of what mixed martial arts is. But there are, like you said, what was the word you used? The rational? Yes. There's some irrational people still, my friend. What do you think of Tons. Bellator running a show that weekend? I'm conflicted on it. I think it's smart because it reminds people that, hey, man, there's still some combat sports going on. There's, there's a mixed martial arts event with 18 fights or 17 fights, maybe mm -hmm. 19 fights. Uh, you could still get your fill. They may be capitalizing on it. They've got to advertise it a bit more because not many people know about it. Not many people know about Bellator as is in comparison to the UFC. I don't mind it, but at the same time, it's like that's a big risk. Everyone's putting their time and money and effort into Mayweather-McGregor. It's kind of risky, don't you think? Decent show, too. Like, as I said to you off-air, it needed a headline name. Uh, Inja Kawani versus Koreshkov is a hell of a fight. AJ McKee, Brennan Ward, Fernando Gonzalez, Georgie Karakanyan, Pineda, uh, Corrales, Honeycutt, Kevin Casey, uh, Felipe Leans. Those are all good fighters. Those are good fighters. You got Kate Jackson, who... If she was put on the 125-pound season of the Ultimate Fighter, I think maybe could have won it. 
against Colleen Schneider. You got Amanda Bell who upsets like everybody against uh, Nogueira on that show. Uh, you got a, a several women's fights on that show, and, that, and you never know where the next women's contender will emerge from. If I were them, I would have begged Heather Hardy to fight on this card. Yeah. I would yeah. have begged her to fight on this card. And she would have said, yeah, I'll do that. Why not? <laughs> and she would have whipped some girl's ass, and you could have just capitalized a little bit. Hey, if you get a hundred... 150 more eyeballs on Bellator MMA because you booked Heather Hardy on this show at her cheap price, it would have been worth it. I'll sing the praises of Heather Hardy. I think had she found combat sports in her early 20s, we wouldn't talk about Ronda Rousey the way we do today. We'd be talking about Heather Hardy the way that we do today because of her charisma, because of her skill set, because of how, how well she translates. Uh, MMA and boxing both missed out on, on her getting hurt at an early age. But the main thing out of this show, I spoke to several of the fighters this week. I spoke to Kate Jackson. That interview's up on our YouTube where she said that Joanna bitched about her on The Ultimate Fighter a couple of times and said that when I asked her, why didn't you try out for this season of Tough? She was like, ah, oh, that's one of those things that you kind of do once and you never want to do again. And I wasn't surprised to hear that. Uh, Injaquani yeah. is going to push Bellator to adopt 165 and 175 divisions because he says that making 170 is tough, but 175 wouldn't be so tough. Also, I spoke to Georgie Karakanyan. He's uh, trying to get back on the horse. That interview is up on Fightful.com as well. But I spoke to Andre Koreshkov, and what I heard most from him, I, I spoke to him about Ben Askren. You know, Ben Askren... <laughs> We don't see or hear a lot out of him until somebody that he fights or that he's fought before is fighting. And then he's always quick to take a shot at him. And Koreshkov says everybody forgot about him. Nobody knows about him anymore. He's trying to stay relevant. Do you think that's Koreshkov, how he really feels, or do you think he's trying to goad Askren into coming back over? Because I'm sure Oof. that I'm sure that a Scott Coker would jump on Ben Askren. I think both. I think Kreshkov's smart because the reality is true. Uh, there were times when we would talk, we, you and I, the, the, the mixed martial arts media, even the pundits and the fans, will be doing lots of talking about Ben Askren. We don't talk about him as much anymore. In fact, when you, if you're not watching 1FC or you're following Ben as one of your favorite fighters, you no one knows much about him anymore. You know, No one's talking about him, but when you see him, uh, whether in an embedded video or if he's at a UFC event, you're automatically like, oh, Ben Askren, what's he doing? Is he still fighting? Where did he go? Right? That's the perception that even hardcore mixed martial arts fans, I believe, have um, of Ben Askren, who's a fantastic fighter, and I do not fault whatsoever for going overseas for all of his competitions if he's getting paid massive money to do so. You know, I, you and I have talked about this before. Ben Askren was the center of the conversation or one of the people in the center of the conversation where I said, what's more important to some people, legacy or being able to be financially stable and viable after your career is done? Or can you have both like Conor McGregor, right? Because Ben Askren may have made that decision. Sorry, Sean, may, may have made that decision to say, hell no, I'm going overseas. I'm fighting dudes that I could destroy and get paid crazy money. So when it's all said and done, I'm hopefully set for life with that Lamborghini that I could probably sell. 
Do you think that one championships gets their return on Askren's money? That's what? a very good question because I don't know as much about one FC in terms of attendance versus live gate versus broadcasting rights fees that they may be uh, incurring in terms of revenue. I don't know what their revenue versus expenses are. Uh, I could judge that a little bit differently if, if for a promotion here in North America. Uh, I could analyze it for the UFC, for boxing, for, for you know a lot of grassroots events, uh, specific markets. Uh, you know, I, I I know what the budgets are for some of the fighters, how much they get paid versus how much the ticket sales are, uh, how much the broadcasting rights are. If you are on UFC Fight Pass, if you have a local television deal, a statewide television deal, stuff like that. One FC, I don't know, so it's it's difficult to say. I am going to assume, provided the money is clean, they are making some sort of profit. Or, <laughs> like, what what does what does Ben Askren bring to One FC outside of? just being a champion and fighting out of North America. That's really it. Maybe some crossover fans from Bellator. Unless Maybe. he's a massive star in the markets that 1FC competes in, because if he is and he has a massive following and he's a ticket driver for them, good for them. They built up a star. Very happy sure. for them. That's smart. Chris Weidman says that he might be moving to 205. I've been trying. I've been begging for this to happen for a long time. He should. Yeah, I believe the first person to really bring this up publicly was a certain Sean Ross Sapp. So, are you really surprised? I mean, when he lost the amount of weight that he had to lose to fight Damian Maya, back was... then I was like, ooh, maybe not ever again. Because if you're ever walking around like 35, 40 pounds above the weight, you probably shouldn't be at that weight, man. And that's why I can't wait for Andy Foster and the California Athletic Commission to instill uh, the, the, the what is it called the water level based testing? Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, it just makes sense. It almost feels like we're, we're we're in the midst of an archaic situation that should be adjusted and cleaned up and and just bettered for the fighters. People can complain about it all they want, but if we start getting these ten weight classes in mixed martial arts, these these four that were added recently, recommended by the ABC, and these water level based tests go through, fighters will slot themselves accordingly into the right weight classes, and there won't be these issues that people are having of potentially missing weight. The only real reason you'd be missing weight after these water level based tests is because you don't know how to cut weight. I'm completely with you. And when I see people like Volante, Pe Pedro, uh, Latifi, Serkinov, Corey Anderson, even to a degree OSP, there are a lot of names here, Ozdemir, who haven't approached the championship level yet. Lots of people that Chris Weidman could have for a safe first fight at light heavyweight. Hey, give him Patrick Cummins. Because he's either, <laughs> he's either knocking Patrick Cummins out or that's going to be one hell of a wrestling battle, Joe. And yeah, true. sign me up for Weidman versus Cummins wrestling any day. I'll watch that. I'll watch the hell out of that. So I, I hope he does it, and uh, 205 could, could use that. Yeah, it's it's again, it's a division you and I have talked about that doesn't have the depth uh, that it once had back in the what Dana White called Murderer's Row days, um, you know, with the John Jones and the and the Quentin Rampage Jackson, Leota Machida, Maritza Shogun, who all those guys in their prime. Um, Chris Weidman going up there, 
you're eventually going to have to run into guys like Daniel Cormier if you decide to go up there, and Alexander Gustafson, and John Jones if you ever get a title shot. So Chris Weidman could potentially be in a very difficult place because uh, if he can't do it at middleweight anymore and he's got to go up and do it um, you know, at 205, it, it's, it could be an interesting ride to say the least. Uh, but like I said, take on a guy like Patrick Cummins. Here's your test. Okay, not the biggest, craziest test ever, but see how, what it's like to fight at 205. See what it's like to compete uh, not having suffered a weight cut and see what it's like to compete against a bigger man in mixed martial arts, right? I'd like to see it because you never know. What if he goes through Patrick Cummins like a hot knife through butter? Yeah, I, that's that's what I want to see. I want a, a nice test for him there. Beating Gasolum was really good, but Gasolum should be fighting at 170. And Weidman should probably be fighting at 205. So now, when I say Gaslam should be, that's provided he care for himself in between fights. But yeah, it also doesn't seem like anybody uh, or that Chris Cyborg wants to fight anybody uh, worthwhile. Well, outside of maybe Holly Holm. What do you think? Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But her reasoning for fighting Amanda Nunes or not fighting Amanda Nunes is so dumb, Joe. Explain. And it's the old Anderson Silva Vitor thing. Oh, I don't want to fight another Brazilian. I don't want to fight another Brazilian. What? What yeah. is she talking about? What yep. is she talking about? There are 200 million people in Brazil. 200 million people, Cyborg. I, I listen, uh, the old school guy in me understands it partially. Partially, not a lot, partially, because I remember when they used to pit two Canadians in the UFC. I'm like, damn it, why are two Canadians fighting in the Ultimate Fighting Championship? There's so many damn Americans, Brazilians, and Europeans that we could be fighting. There's only a handful of us in the UFC. Why are we fighting each other? And I was like, don't make a damn difference. If that's the fight that's going to move one of them up in their careers, that's going to happen. A title fight between the bantamweight champion of the world and the featherweight champion of the world in the women's division... I'm all for it. I don't care if they're Canadian, both Canadian, both Brazilian, both American, both from Nigeria. I don't care. If that's the fight that's going to bring in money to both of their pockets and the UFCs, who gives a rat's ass there, I want to see it. The fact Cyborg doesn't want to fight another Brazilian is just odd. Is just She's odd. fought a half a dozen of them throughout Muay Thai, submission grappling, MMA. It's, it's weird. It's weird. And as Jimmy Van speculated on our comments section... Maybe it's because she sees a fight there. But, I mean, th- that being said, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Cause, I mean, Holly Holm is a fight. That is a fight. That is a good opponent for, for Chris Cyborg, and she seems all on board with fighting her. So, Well, don't discount Jimmy Van's post there. Like, don't – and because and, and, he's Jimmy's not the only one that has that type of theory because that is something that, that is, as you know – comes up in the world of mixed martial arts sometimes with fighters because I remember when Anderson Silva was the champ and how many times would we like, okay, he's got to fight this guy, he's got to fight that guy. Oh, no, uh, I think Michael Bisping would be a good fight. Back in the day, Michael Bisping was an easy payday for you. Well, you know, Chris, Cyborg, Chris Cyborg passed up fighting Jermaine Durand to me last year. I, UFC, I, I, UFC went out and announced it and she was like, no, I'm going to defend my Invicta title, but she didn't. That made no sense to me. Never well, has. Their, their whole saga makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, there's certain – again, I, I've mentioned it before, Sean. You and I have talked about it. There's some people, fighters – earlier we used the word irrational for, for some people out there that are training specific single martial arts. 
there are fighters uh, to this day that just operate on a different frequency. They don't operate in the norm or within the norm if you have a higher load. So they operate somewhere else. So it, it, some fighters out there just don't make sense. I mean, there's a lot of things that Anderson Silva used to say and do in some of the interviews I had with him where I'm like, what the hell are we going to do with this on the 6 o'clock news? I can't use this, you know. But it is what it is. And, and, and you know, he, he eventually got that Michael Bisping fight. Didn't look good or too good, <laughs> right? Back in the day when he was in his prime, I mean, Roy Jones Jr. used to talk about this all the time. My old instructor, MMA instructor, Shaw Franco, uh, used to always sit us down and always talk about, you know, there's MMA, there's boxing, but the boxers and the prize fighters get it the most. And with our guys, our stable of fighters that I was partially managing and, and trying to help in the gym, I'd get my ass kicked, let's be honest with you. But if I'm going out looking for fights for them, I was looking for a fight to except quickly if we knew automatically payday payday pad the record payday and that's what a lot of fighters think and then there's the opposite of like i don't like that that girl's a tough fight that dude's a tough fight not sure i want to get if i could get i mean didn't gilbert melendez or someone say this recently where it was to the point where it's like well no not it was uh someone that was i think was it masvidal Mm -hmm. no uh uh ally aquinta ally aquinta when he basically said, look, man, you're asking me to, to step in there for X amount of money versus this top 10 guy? Or for that same money, I can fight number 37? Yeah. I'm fighting number 37. Sure. You know, why am I going to go through that stress? There, There is the danger, though, of getting into Brian Caraway territory. I don't get it, man. Where, every, where he never fights and he always turns down fights and you're sitting there in the top 10, you're occupying a spot. So there, there is that. Now, I don't think Amanda or Chris Cyborg is in that danger. I think she'll probably fight Holly Holm before the end of this year, and I think it'll be a good fight. So uh, I just thought it was weird, the Brazil thing. It was just, especially if the fight was in Brazil. Like, imagine how big that fight would be there. It'd be sick. It'd be massively huge. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I mean, I saw Amanda over the weekend uh, on Friday at Titan. Um, once again, she ran the show and the, and the camera and the truck, the producer in the truck was like, you know, she's here, right? I'm like, if you throw her on screen, I'll do the best I can to mention it. And we're, we're trying to watch fights, the main event, and it's Yoel Romero and Amanda Nunes. Yoel Romero, I'm like, I, oh, get the fight on the screen, man trying to call the fight here right so that's why people if they saw me on on, on the tight broadcast i'm lifting my head up from the screen every so often because i'm trying to pay attention to the action uh but yeah she she's just she's got some massive popularity down there you know popular popular woman let's just say that so this weekend i found out that the ufc matchmaker often blocks people when they're trying to get gigs joe Okay. Including a guy, what, a double Titan champion? <laughs> I, when I, yeah, okay, I'll let you go with it. Double Titan champion. Shorty Torres spoke to Joe this week. So you get to see Joe's wonderful face while he does this one. Well, you gotta hear the story. You gotta hear the story. I hope it's actually included in this clip. Uh-oh. Uh But 
it's it's pretty impressive, and uh, Shorty Torres is obviously one to watch out for. Said that the UFC has reached out to him a couple times, but unfortunately, timing didn't match up. Your boy, TJ Dillashaw, his fight is efficient now with Cody Garbrandt. I think it's UFC 217, same card as George St. Pierre. Let's talk about TJ and Cody first, and then we'll get to GSP and Bisping. Yeah. Um, have you had a chance to speak with TJ at all? I mean, it, I'm pretty sure he'd be upset he had to wait this long. There was talk about Mighty Mouse, but now it's official. It's Cody Garbrandt. It's a world title. Fight. Yeah, man, he's very upset. You know, and given even before the Cody Garbrandt thing, we did bring up the idea of, hey, man, how about you go down and, and get the belt? You know, Conor McGregor did it. Why can't you? You're, you're a, a very, very small bantamweight. He's been very dominant because of it. Go down to flyweight. You can make the weight. Defeat Demetrius Johnson. I think he is Demetrius Johnson's kryptonite, and I'd love to see that fight one day, whether it's my weight class or not. I think it's fan-wise, I think that's an awesome, awesome fight to make. But Cody Garbrandt against uh, TJ, it's just. So I think because of all the bad tension, the Team Alpha Male stuff, the Ultimate Fighter, you just want to watch that fight. And now it's because uh, it's been prolonged because of Cody Garbrandt having a back injury. Um, hopefully nothing happens and the fight still goes down. I think it's the main event, right? Uh, main I think it's co-main event. It's either the main or the co-main event. I, I've been seeing posters back and forth, but either way, it's it's a main event quality type of fight. Oh, for sure. But you, with all the hype and everything, I'm just excited. But GSP and um, and Bisping are fighting. Yeah. Now GSP, obviously, I'm a Canadian. Uh, I hear it all the time because, you know, I've known George since he started his MMA career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got tired of the whole story. I, I know I know George is probably watching this is going to give me crap, but I got tired. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done with it. You sign, you fight, let's just fight. Like, mm-hmm. or, or just fight, guys. Like, I'm, I'm over the story. From your perspective, how does it feel? I, you know, it's awesome. George St. Pierre was, you know, pretty much one of those role models for me, like Anderson Silva was coming up and wanting to be like him. He was, in a sense, my version of Manny Pacquiao, but for MMA, he was the white light. He was ready to be the hero in every single fight. He was a good guy in every single fight, and it was awesome to see. The only bad thing is, one, he didn't end his last fight the best, even though he did end his champion against Johnny Hendricks. And two, now he's coming back having an immediate title shot, which is great, but he's had years off. Four, is he going to compete the same way? Is, is he going to be as dominant as he, won, as he was again? I think facing Michael Bisping is a phenomenal fight for him. I think it's actually a very easy fight for him. Will I see it being a wrestling match for five rounds? Yes, that's GSP, but that's what he does. He's very dominant at what he does. And just like Tyron Woodley said, should I be exciting or should I win fights? So be it, man. They're getting paid and they're doing their thing, but I think GSP's return is going to be huge for the sport of MMA. Speaking of guys who are getting paid, mm-hmm. Conor McGregor, you know, obviously the rumored $100 million God. to fight Floyd Mayweather. Um, what's your take on the whole situation? That fight's a week away, man. It's huge because given I'm not a – and I hate it because every, everywhere I go, what do you think of the Conor McGregor fight? You're an MMA fighter. What do you think of the fight? And it's – money-wise, it's hugely marketable. It's the best thing that could ever happen for both MMA and boxing, more for MMA. I think it's a little disrespectful for boxing because you're getting a professional MMA fighter that has never defended a belt. Yes, he's a champion nonetheless. But going in there with no amateur record, no professional record, and going against the best, what he claims to be the best ever, TBE, and he is the best in the sport for a reason. You know, he's fought guys like Manny Pacquiao, Arturo Gatti, uh, Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, the list goes on. It doesn't matter who Floyd Mayweather fights. He hasn't found his kryptonite. Even against Marcos Maidana, or it was a closely contested fight, it didn't matter. They're both counterfighters. I just don't see Conor McGregor being able to trash talk well enough to get Floyd to finally attack. I just don't see that happening. I can even see this fight going 12-round distance, but well, I, I don't see it. Floyd be so mad if it went Floyd. Or and, with that. And his trainers are saying that he's going to come out and attack. I mean, we'll believe it when we see it. I mean, honestly, boxing, boxing is way different from MMA boxing. It is a huge, 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 huge different sport. It's like saying, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball player, and because of the word balls and yes. football, I'm going to jump in the football and do perfectly fine. It is a hugely different sport. But... You know, we'll see what happens. Again, Conor McGregor does have a fighting chance. Anything can happen. He can close his eyes, throw a punch, and bam, he knocks him out. 
I keep looking behind us because the guy right there in the pink sort of shirt, it's Bilal Mohammed, uh, former Titan fighter, obviously now in the UFC. You're a curtain Titan fighter trying to get to the UFC, but you've been banned by the matchmaker. I mean, what is what is going on? Mitch, is Mitch Maynard to ban you off of social media? Yeah, so <laughs> I get definitely, uh, I do get annoyed at times. Sorry, show down Joe as well. But I get annoyed at times where I like to tag people. For example, Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, Dana White, the guys that I need to sign me and... Uh, you know, I, I made a call out where it was the biggest tweet I've ever had um, and the biggest response where I appreciate all the supporters where I said, I haven't received a call yet from the UFC. Given when I was stating it, I was saying I haven't received a call up. Given that was my fault for not you know, saying yeah. that. But I was saying, I didn't receive a call up. I want a contract. I want to fight in November. You know, my hand's rehabbing. Everything's great. And I'm ready to fight in November. But Mick Maynard has called me and he took offense to it because he called me I believe three times to, for the Contender Series and once to fight Justice Scoggins oh on the last minute replacement. Goodness. But it was all when I'm injured. It was yeah. all in July, and you know we made it clear that hey man, we can't you know we can't take the fight. But you know he did you know do the shout out and try to call me. So there was no apology about that, and I, I am sorry. But because of that, he immediately blocked me on social media. So the, I cannot contact him in any little single way. And actually, uh, Lex is a good friend of Mick Maynard, so we decided when we were having dinner yesterday to take a picture together. I was like, send it to Mick and just tell him I said hello. Oh, so wow. he's laughing. He's having a great time. Again, this is all jokes and stuff. Yeah. He just doesn't want to be tagged and stuff, which is understandable. But, yeah, yeah he, he blocked me. The guy that I need to sign me to the UFC has blocked me. It'll work out. It'll so all work just, out. Dude, I, I, come on, man. I don't know what else to do. I'm trying everything right now. I'm trying to be like this guy in the pink over there, Bilal Muhammad, and you know, you have TJ Dillashaw fight November 4th. You also yeah. have Curtis Blaze that just got announced boy, today that yeah. he's fighting November 4th as well. You know, I'm having a bunch of teammates on there, plus we're all from the same camp. So, you know, money-wise even, it makes a lot of sense. And for me, style-wise, again, I'm 5-0 uh, as a professional, two belts. I did what Conor McGregor did in Cage Warriors when he was 14-2, and but I did it at 5-0, which is nearly three times as fast. Actually, three times as fast. So, it's, it's kind of like you've never signed anyone like me in any of the weight classes in MMA. And, you know, I, I think the flyweight division is that division that needs that type of excitement. Definitely a face we are going to see in the UFC sooner than later. So, with Titan knowing that Shorty Torres is on the UFC shortlist, how do they approach something like that? Because he's a guy angling for a UFC job, but he holds two of their titles. He's getting calls for contender series and for short-notice fights. How does one approach a situation like that with Titan knowing their role in this situation? Yes, just take a look at, at Vulcan Uzdemir. Vulcan Uzdemir was on his way to the weigh-ins when the call came in. Well, the call came in earlier in the morning, but it was confirmed while he was on his way to the weigh-ins uh, for his fight with Titan. And as he got to the weigh-ins, the story goes that Lex McMahon just said, you're not fighting, don't even bother weighing in, you're not fighting. He's like, what are you talking about? Well, you're, you're going to the UFC. So Titan fully understands, like you said, their role in getting fighters to the UFC. That's their goal. Okay. Now their goal is to is to obviously do great events, but they understand that with with Shorty potentially going to the UFC and their 125 pound title being vacant and 135 pound title being vacant, those are two divisions that they're gonna have they're gonna have to continue to develop. Uh, and we saw so. I mean, if you watch the co-main event from Titan on Friday night. You will understand why that division is sick. It's ridiculous. Uh, Gustavo Eddie Ballard taking on uh, Jorge Calvo. It was the fight of the night. And the winner gets Shorty Torres. So Gustavo Eddie Ballard emerged victorious. He gets Shorty Torres next. But, you know, 
Shorty and I talked about it on the way back to the hotel because it was just him and I on the way back to the hotel. And it's like, dude, you, you, we're sitting there. We're looking at, at Gustavo. That's your next guy. That fight may not even take place because once he's healed, he may be in the UFC. Ballard fights someone else for the title. And Calvo will be more than happy to rematch him because it was a very, very close fight. And so you got to look at the 135-pound weight class. So like to, to answer your question, Titan's always ready. They know that these guys potentially are going to get the call up, keep building underneath them, and keep just you know building the divisions up. So it's going to happen. They know it. Eventually it's going to happen. He's young. Short is young. Yeah. Uh, and Demetrius is getting older. Right, so there could be if, if the stars align for Shorty, you know, he may catch Demetrius at a time when Demetrius's game and or old age, or if he might just leave. There, there's so many things that can happen. But this is the guy; these are the age groups of the guys that are going to become the next champions because Demetrius right now is just on, on another level. It's amazing. Yeah, his five and zero record is kind of deceptive because I think I, I remember he fought for tough enough, like got like seven or eight times before he turned pro, and that was just a few years ago. So, He's got 26 uh, fights as an amateur. Yeah. Last year. 20, yeah. That's that's. Imagine what was that experience last weekend in elbow dislocation? Well, I tried to have the conversation. Usman, I had to play devil's advocate with you know Taylor Crawl. I mean, for those that remember Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman too, and 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 the disgusting shin shatter that we saw uh just picture 10 feet in front of you uh and i encourage everyone if you get a moment to just look in the mirror and just don't even flex just put your arm up like this and without moving this part of your elbow take your arm and bring it the other way preferably this way and you will see what happens to the elbow uh that's what happened before us as robert turnquest uh absolutely just shredded uh taylor crawl's Left arm, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, it was his arm, and it was an extremely difficult um, scenario to stomach. Uh, and, and to the point where I realized that I'm here to call this fight. I'm here to call what's happening. I caught myself in, in literally moments of silence as Kamara Usman and I were just kind of like, oh, my God. Because the angle that we had, Sean, and everyone listening and watching – we couldn't really see as much as we needed to see, but from what I saw, I looked over at Kamara. I'm like, that thing's shattered. That thing's broken. Like, the, why isn't the referee stepping in there, right? And when it, when it was finally said and done, because Taylor Crawl tapped, it was so far too late. Like this thing was just. Not only was it sh- shattered way, it was twisted, and then it was twisted again, and then shattered the other. It's like four different shatterings of the same thing. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my. Am I not? What's happening here? Why isn't the ref stopping it? And when the fight came to an end, Roger Crawl, who's one of the head trainers and, and owners of, of ATT uh, Coconut Creek, jumps onto the platform and starts ripping apart the referee, saying, "What are you doing in there? This is your job. Why would you not stop the fight?" And the referee didn't have like the referee isn't going to say anything because obviously there's you know now we're getting the commission involved. But Kamara was like, "I completely agree with Roger Crawl," but then my devil's advocate brain kicked in, and I'm like, "Well, well hold on a second. Because the referee should have stopped the fight. The fighter could actually tap out, which he did. But how much of it is incumbent on the fighter's corner to throw in a towel? Yeah, that, and that's the thing. Well, there, there are some places back in the day that would discourage throwing in they the towel. They always discourage it, yep. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. But do you have, happen to have a, a health update on him? Did you know anything? Nothing Jerry? yet. No, it's we. Uh, I tried to get hold of Roger uh, and stuff like that, but uh, nothing yet. No. Oh, 
That's that's unfortunate. Also, this is the first Titan event without uh, Brian Levick. Yeah. Uh, I think it may have been the second one, but this is yeah this or maybe been the first one. But Brian Levick, yeah, was a good dude, man. He was a good dude. The first time I met him was hilarious. But rest his soul. Yeah. First guy to ever put me in touch with one Matt Riddle. Brian? Yeah. No way. Yeah. He put me in touch with with Matt Riddle and. I also uh, interviewed Kevin Kroom for a Titan show, and it started I, – I talked to Matt, and I was like, hey, have you ever thought about this pro wrestling thing? And he was like, you know what? I think that might be a good idea. There you go. <laughs> and th- th- I think it was the first time he had really ever talked about pro wrestling on an interview before, and nobody really knew that he was into it that much. So I always credit Brian for that. Uh a good dude, and he's definitely missed. I'm sure Titans missed him too. I also miss Nate Diaz. And oh, yeah. of all people, to rush to Conor McGregor's defense, <laughs> him. Yeah, I like I'm it. Rushing to his defense, but you're right. He defended him. He took a shot at boxing fans, right, and boxers in general. So good for Nate. Yeah, I like that. He because he was he started to. Go back at boxers who were taking shots in regards to McGregor. He's like, okay, now you're talking about a real fight. You all want to come over here and do a real fight? Then say something. I like, I love that because, I, you know, you always hear that. You always hear that. And I was fortunate enough to, when I trained, I trained with a very high-level amateur boxer whose father was a pro boxer and competed on ESPN and fought some really good dudes. But had been around it his whole life. <laughs> Here's a funny story I like to tell about this guy. If you if you saw him, you'd be like, "Really, that guy?" Because back then he was a white dude with like red cornrows and a dude rag. <laughs> and you're like, "Really, this guy?" Then you get in the ring with him, and you're like, "Oh, this guy." And yeah. when you've never boxed before, you experience body shots that come from angles that you had never thought possible. So here's a funny story about him. This guy, he was around 30, and we were like, man, you should do some MMA because amateur having that level of boxing in amateur MMA, you don't understand how, how important that is. Like, that's, that's, that would take you places. He was a little too old to keep competing as a boxer, but wasn't too old to compete as an MMA fighter. Well, he would occasionally come to the MMA classes, and we had always heard rumors that his boxing friends would, you know, call MMA gay and all that stuff. So we were helping this kid get ready for a fight, another kid. And the boxer went and sparred with him. And he starts throwing these crazy body kicks. Like he's landing crisp and fast and like a spinning back kick. And I was like, whoa, what's up with that? And he goes, well, I did taekwondo for a few years. And I was like, okay. That's (laughs) just saying that's kind of important to have. Then maybe a few weeks go by, and we grappled, and he stuffed a couple takedowns. And you're like, uh-oh. No, no, no. Well, I mean, he, he would eventually get put on his back and submitted and stuff, but he was, he was like, stuffing a couple takedowns. He was getting underhooks in. He was working body clenches, maybe shooting for low singles. And I was like, what's up with this? And he goes, well, I wrestled in high school for a few years. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You're telling me that you wrestled in high school, you did taekwondo, you're an excellent boxer, but 
like what's what's missing? I was waiting for him to like pull a flying triangle on me and being like <laughs> and be like Helio Gracie was my grandpa. <laughs> and I was like, I remember are you this. serious? Like this guy, but um Yeah, like he would always get that from boxing guys that and his girlfriend, I actually taught his girlfriend a little bit of kickboxing. She took my kickboxing class a couple of times. And she was like, Yeah, his dad wants him to, he wants to it's just a matter of perception in that community sometimes. And and I can see it. I can see it. Maybe it, it is an older crowd sometimes. And it's, it, it's, that happens all over the place. You know what I mean? It happens all over the place. And he's smart enough to know that there are levels to this. Just like when we boxed with him and he sparred with us, we were quick to learn there are levels to that too. Because as he said, he was he was an amateur and he would piece us up. Like you would figure it out, you would absolutely figure it out. Somebody asked when I'm going to drop those titles. Ah, uh, these titles. I'm pretty sure the company that runs that uh, or that gave me those aren't in business anymore. If so, they haven't ran events. But <laughs> but yeah, the the difference in boxing and you know that's always been a thing, Joe. People saying like, oh well, the striking isn't good. Well, yeah, you got to worry about the clinch and you got to worry about. A, Keeping a hand low sometimes. You, you know don't worry be cool? about kicks coming your way. If, if so, people could understand that if you've taken martial arts before, you know there's a belt system uh, in in martial arts, right? You, you know that you know you, when you hear someone's a blue belt in jujitsu, a purple belt, you know what kind of grappling they potentially may have in a mixed martial arts fight. You know what a brown belt does, what a black belt does, a high level black belt does. If there were belt systems in boxing, we could level it. We all we know is that either he was an amateur boxer. Or he fought pro, or he's done boxing before. But if there were legit belt levels in boxing, and we knew that this guy was a brown belt in boxing, you'd be like, you better watch yourself, man. This guy will knock you out. Because you know a brown belt in jiu-jitsu will mess you up like a purple belt will. If you've never taken jiu-jitsu before, you don't know what a difference between the levels of a white, blue, purple, brown, or black, and the stripes in between. You know, there are levels there. A lot of different levels. And the same thing with boxing. I hear you, man. I know people, myself, uh, personally, that I've known over the years, Sean, that you will take one look at them and you'd be like, that fool's never never trained a day in his life. I'd, yeah. I'd, step, I'd step off. I'd be like, the mats are there. I dare you. Killers. Murderous. Killers. Dad bods. <laughs> there, there are, that's, that's the most important lesson if anybody takes away from training is – there are levels to this. We used to, I've said it before, we used to schedule our open houses and we would invite anybody who doubted it to take on one of our least experienced guys. And like sometimes they would single out some of the most out of shape looking guys on our team who had just started training, didn't have much of a social life, and then they were puking up shards of their own pelvis into Forest Avenue in Maysville, Kentucky. <laughs> Spitting out their mouth guard because they were tired of getting under uh, uppercuts thrown underneath their arms. Like, Ooh. and somebody says Ray Mercer knocked out Tim Sylvia. Yeah, that stuff happens too. But I mean, what was the first thing Ray Mercer did when he landed that punch? He shot a low single, or <laughs> shot a double leg. Oops. Because he thought that he thought that uh, Sylvia wasn't going down. But I mean. It, Ray Ray Mercer is the exception, not the rule, and we've seen tons of MMA fighters go over to boxing, and not all of them work out too well either. Yeah, some guy just tweeted me on on social media after I mentioned that that uh, 
Shorty may have been, blo- or Shorty's telling the story about being blocked by the UFC matchmaker, and this guy says, "You trying to get us blocked by Sean Shelby?" That's me. No, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's you. Uh, Sean Shelby probably doesn't like me, anyways. No, he does. Uh, but I think it was Mick. It was Mick Maynard that 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 blocked him. So uh, I don't think Mick would block us, to be honest with you. I don't even think he. Uh... Oh, uh, Torres just replied. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know if he blocks people, but I know Mick Maynard does for personal experience. <laughs> oh, shorty. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, so Mick. So, but there was a misunderstanding. If you missed it, there was a misunderstanding. Uh, hopefully, he gets unblocked because uh, he deserves to be in the UFC. But it is what it is. What's going on, man? It's uh, whoo, got lots more to go until Saturday. We got a lot going on. Tonight, we have the SmackDown post-show coverage. Tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, the list and your boy. Thursday, actually tomorrow afternoon, we have the press conference coverage. Thursday, media day coverage, we have people in Las Vegas for all of this. Friday, weigh-ins. Saturday, you know what it is, guys. McGregor Mayweather, Friday night, David Tease has that coverage of Bellator as well. And then, of course, Sunday, we're right back at it. Uh, I would tune in to the SmackDown post show tonight, guys. I would do Uh-oh. that. Big debuts uh, on the horizon, if not tonight, soon. So, yeah. But what do you got going on, Joe? Nothing, man. I got some, obviously, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, got to do some grocery shopping because it's going to be a busy next few days. So the wife's, I think the wife's outside my door. She Unfortunately, she's feeling ill. Hopefully, she's feeling better as we, as we get along here. But uh, she's already said, listen, after your podcast... You need to go to the grocery store and get this, 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 and that. So that's what I'm doing next. But uh, yeah, so what I'm going to do, obviously, coming up over the next few days, I'm going to have a nice little article uh, drafted up tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of looking at this from what does this fight mean uh, for mixed martial arts? Should Conor McGregor emerge victorious or should he lose? So I'll look at that. Come Thursday, obviously, will be the video. Uh, My rant will depend on what's going to happen by then. Uh, And then Friday... It'll be some fun bets. I will take a look at some fun bets for this massive fight to let you know, hey, this could put some money in your pocket or you might lose a little bit because for those that don't know, I don't wager. But if I'm going to wager, it will be a little bit to make a lot of it. That's me. I can't wait. We got coverage all week. We have features all week. A look at some of the best freak show fights of all time. We have Showdown Joe's stuff. I got stuff coming out. Of course, David Tease has all your news. Big shout out to him for helping us with SummerSlam coverage as well. And NXT coverage. But guys, until next time, follow us at Fightful Online and Fightful.com. Check out all of our podcasts at FightfulPods.com. We are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.